0: Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Let me ask you a question. I gave you homework last week. Do you remember what it was? Okay. It was to watch the video. God wrote a book. Did some of you at least watch that? Did God write a book? What were your impressions? What did you, what did you think after you watched that? Was it like... Anybody have a comment? Did you watch the video? No. Okay. I got two or three hands. Let's do that for homework again. <laughs> uh, really, it's, it's, uh, I th- it's five minutes and three seconds long, and it's stunning. Uh, you just go to YouTube. You can go to the Desiring God website. I would assume you're familiar with that. But even if you're not, just, just take and pull up your web browser and write Desiring God in there, and it'll, it'll come right up. And um, or you can just go to your YouTube video and just type in there. God wrote a book. Uh, there's there's several things in there, so you'll just have to look for the one Piper did five minutes, three seconds, and, and watch that, and you will be blessed um, by it and encouraged by it. But I, I wanted you to see that because you can't um, you can't dismiss um, the awe. The, the reverence, the honor, the respect, the uh, the amazement that God's people are to have um, for the very words of God, like Mark quoting the verse that he's that he's meditating on. And when you memorize and when you meditate on the wording, we we see the character of God and who, and who He is. We're just we're just uh, we're, we're amazed that He loves us, that He that that He forgives us. And um, all that goes with that, and that is directly connected to the fear of the Lord because if you do not fear the Lord, you'll have no desire for that whatsoever, none. There'll be no desire. And perhaps you remember, before you were saved, having absolutely no desire whatsoever for that. I tell the story of being a young boy and realizing now going back that my neighbors were trying to evangelize me and um, inviting me to a Christian camp. And at that Christian camp, um, hearing preaching in the evening and during my devotions during the day, giving me a little black New Testament hardcover and taking a red pencil and having us underline different salvation verses in the New Testament and then explain those verses to us. And I took that Bible home and I placed that Bible In the head of my bed and that Bible stayed in the head of my bed for at least 15 years I never looked at it but it was like a good luck charm I also never got rid of it I left it right there why didn't I look at it why didn't I read it because there was no fear of God in me I had I had no hunger and thirst for righteousness but there was at least a respect for the word of god so i i didn't throw it away i threw lots of things away in those years but that stayed with me all those years and then when the lord moved in my heart the testimony of that person at work i remembered that bible and i remembered that book and i went back there and i read those words and for the first time those words came alive and and that's what happens in the heart of a believer. And. He turns your heart, regenerates your heart, turns your heart to him. And now all of a sudden there is a new fear, an awe, a a, a reverence, an amazement of the Lord. And that's what we're looking at um, today. So just to review, we're looking at Proverbs uh, chapter 1. And we have handouts back there. Uh, The first page of the handout was for last week. It was the intro for last week. Um, I didn't make another one for intro today, so we will ultimately, uh, at some point, get to page two. But I want you to see again. Just reviewing, we see in Proverbs one the, um, if you will, the the, the title and the uh, the author, uh, the book of Proverbs. This is what it is. It's Proverbs, and it's the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. And we talked last week about the contrast between the book of Psalms which we spent about 18 months in now and we'll go back likely this summer to Psalms but the difference between David who was a warrior <clears throat> a shepherd warrior and even as a shepherd he's fighting the lions and the tigers and the bears and and as a warrior he's he's constantly having to be delivered and, and the Psalms are full of his deliverance and his prayers for de- deliverance and his praise and his worship for God delivering him and, and how that is completely contrasted from the author Solomon, his son, who, because of his dad's obedience and his dad conquering and God's redemptive plan, lives a life of peace where there is no war. And he gets to contemplate um, all the... All the great thoughts and all the great wisdom uh, of of the day, and he wrote some three thousand proverbs, some of which are in here. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, even the Song of Solomon, and and we see how different um, how different that is. He yeah, he writes in um, in wit, in comparisons, in illustrations, in word pictures. Just just a, a completely uh, different. Um, way of looking at life and reading the book um, Proverbs attracts us because you can grab one one little piece. Uh, Proverbs s- says things different than maybe we would. You, you know, you might look and you might say to someone, "You're just plain lazy." But Solomon doesn't say that. He says, "As a door swings." upon the hinge, so does a sluggard turn upon his bed. And he just says it a different way and it just sort of grips you. And the next time you do two turnovers in bed, that verse comes to you and you hop out and you, and, and, and you get busy doing what God's called you to do. It's a, it's a, it's a very different way of writing. And um, we talked about those contrasts. And then we looked at Verses two through six where we see the author's purpose for, um, for writing Proverbs. Look at verse two through six. It's very, very clear here. Why, is, why this book? Why did he write it? To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive. To the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and the figure and the words of the wise and their riddles and then we come to the the motto of the book or the theme of the book and 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 if you will it's the it's the very enter entryway to wisdom how do we get to this wisdom solomon is gonna share and and it it, it's right there in verse seven we've spent a lot of time on verse seven it's important verse seven says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom but fools despise wisdom and instruction you know we're living in a time only desperately as a church Need to push the button on the fear of the Lord. Our, our own hearts guarded and asking ourselves, and asking the Lord to give this to us, afresh and anew. We we live in a culture that has completely thrown off the fear of the Lord. It, it is nowhere in sight, in no place, and that that isn't the way it used to be. And In this nation, but it's it's where we are now. I grew up in what was often called the age of Aquarius, the psychedelic 60s. And um, it, it was in this time that really the full massive weight that we used to look at as being healthy, a healthy fear. Even if you weren't a Christian, there was a healthy fear of the Bible and a healthy fear of of the truth that was in the Scriptures. People knew what was in the Scriptures, even if they didn't didn't have a personal relationship with God. And there was a healthy fear in the land, and everybody believed that there were absolutes. There was truth, and truth could be known, and and none of those things were an argument. all of a sudden, we threw all of that off. We threw all restraints off, and everybody's truth was their their own truth. And culture began to change rapidly, and fear began to become the spirit of the age. Now, isn't that interesting? I want you to think about that for a minute. Fear began to become the spirit of age. When we threw off all the restraints and we stopped any sense of the fear of the Lord, fear actually increased. Fear came rushing in like a flood. And where do we stand today? Today isn't the age of Aquarius. Today is the age of fear. Today is the age of anxiety. Everybody is afraid of everything. And you know why everybody is afraid of everything? Because everybody has made themselves their own God and they're afraid they're going to lose something. They're going to lose their health, lose their home, lose their job, lose, 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 lose. And, and because there's no trust in the sovereign God of heaven, the Lord of glory, the one who is the The rock, the stability, the refuge that someone can run to, the one that rescues, the one that is the shield and the protection, the one that is the very Lord of glory, the Creator God, because we have thrown all that restraint off as a society. We are just swimming in a sea of fear. And so, what do we do with that? We medicate it, we give it a bunch of names. So we don't have to take personal responsibility, all the different phobias. And it's a pretty sad state of affairs. And if we're not careful, we as people get influenced by that, all of us. We get get influenced by that. So this is a very, very um, important topic for us to consider. The Lord never intended his people to be full of fear yes the fear of the Lord but also yes fear not for I am with thee be not afraid for I am your God I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you and that comes when there is a healthy reverent awesome wonderful respect and honor and trust in the God of glory and in fact, it brings you a life that the scripture actually calls blessed. Look at Proverbs 28 for a minute. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 28. This doesn't actually have the word fear of the Lord in it, so it's an easy verse if you're studying this topically, perhaps to overlook it. But the context and the reference is clearly the, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 28, 14. You're well-schooled enough to know whenever you see um, how blessed, how blessed is is the idea of abundantly um, encouraged or or happy, happy, we might use the word happy. Uh, We think of the Beatitudes uh, as an example. Psalm 19 is uh, full and begins with blessed is the man. Psalm 1 begins with blessed is the man. And we see here in Proverbs 28:14 How blessed is the man who what fears that's the fear of the Lord How blessed is the man who fears the Lord How often always blessed is the man who fears the Lord always You want to be happy blessed is the man who who fears the Lord reverences the Lord has awe of, of the Lord, respects, honors the Lord. Blessed is that man who lives that way. But, look at the warning, but he who hardens his heart will fall into what? Calamity. As the world around us is in calamity. But God's people can be at peace in a, in a sense of God's in control when We have the fear of the Lord, for we know he's sovereign. We know he's working in providence. And so Heidi can have a terrible week from a human standpoint, but she knows God is working in those circumstances or in Jim's circumstances. God is working in all of those circumstances. Romans Romans 8.28 tells us that (coughs) God is working in every one of those circumstances for us that are believers. And how is he working? He is working for good. He's working to turn even bad things for his glory and the good of his people. That's the, that's the God we serve. That should fall, make us want to fall down and worship him. Fall down and worship him. It doesn't mean we have to understand everything. We don't ever understand anything. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one that's all wise. We can ask for wisdom, but there's a lot we don't understand But if we understand the fear of the Lord, then we can simply trust in Him, and we'll have peace in the in the middle of calamity. I I like this commentary on that verse. I I wrote several or read several, but I, I like this one. Happy is the man who is always reverent. Sadly, reverence and happiness are not commonly associated together. A reverent man is often thought to be sour or unpleasant. Nevertheless, to the degree that one can always be reverent towards the Lord, he can be genuinely happy. We've probably even lost the understanding of that, that reverence. Um, so that's reverence towards God. I personally have had to watch my tongue um, a few times because occasionally, if you're in the ministry full-time, someone will call you what reverend uh, there's only one to be revered and it's not larry brody there's only one to be revered and it's not larry brody however i, I give people a love pass that that is just a lack of their understanding so i i just usually take when somebody says that and then i'm very gracious and point them to he alone who's worthy of glory and honor and power and blessing but Reverence to, to have a reverence um, for God. And so that's what we're going to look at today. We're returning to our study. Um, we covered points one and two, four reasons. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we covered point one, two weeks ago, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because it leads us to God's wisdom. And as I said, verse 7 is that door itself to God's wisdom. Unless we go through that door, we can't gain the wisdom of this book. Uh, unless we bow low, if, unless, we, unless we humble ourselves, we won't have a heart that desires um, this wisdom. It's a, it's a prerequisite. Be- because with, without that, there's no regeneration. Without any regeneration, there's no, there's no heart's desire. There's, there's absolutely no heart's desire for this book. A person who fears the Lord will desire exactly what it says in verses 2 or 3. You'll you'll get up in the morning and whenever you'll you'll pray and you'll ask God to open your eyes and your heart to his word because you'll want to receive instruction. Uh, You'll want righteousness and justice and equity. Uh, You'll want prudence. You'll want discretion. Uh, You'll want to increase wherever you are, however old you are. However long you've walked with the Lord. Look at verse 5. You'll want to increase in learning. You'll want to grow in your understanding. And you'll want to acquire wise counsel. You never come to the end of that. And you'll desire that. You'll hunger and thirst for righteousness, as it says in the Beatitudes. And you'll have that. So the person who fears the Lord will. But look at the other side of verse seven uh, the person who doesn't fear the lord what will he do fools despise wisdom and instruction and so everybody that's sitting here today if, if if you're born again from above and the spirit of god is in you there's a hunger and thirst from righteousness there's something inside you the spirit of the living god is saying what that man is saying is true because it's his word it's god's word and and if what you're hearing is nonsense to you then then sadly i must warn you you must fall in the second half of that verse. Foolish fools despise wisdom and instruction. These are the very words of the living God, who who created you and sent His Son to to die for you. And so, if we truly fear Him, it will it will drive us to His Word. Look at number two. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, because it's the essence of wisdom. We saw that in Job twenty-eight. Um, Again, a couple of weeks ago, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. That's what it is. Proverbs leads us to a true knowledge and understanding of a right relationship with the maker of the universe, which then overflows and affects every, every aspect of our, of our life. I think I have in your handout that quote. What the alphabet is to reading, notes to music, Numerals to mathematic, the fear of the Lord is to obtaining revealed knowledge of this book. Proverbs is about much more than just giving us good advice to live a moral life. It does give us that. But it's first and foremost it aims at our heart. That we might fear the Lord and we might desire his ways and to hear His word and let His spirit grow us in His likeness. Number three, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom because it's the fountain of all wise living. It's being biblically blessed or, or, or happy as we saw in Proverbs twenty-eight, fourteen. Charles Bridges said, all man's happiness, all his duty is dependent on on having reverence for God, everything else we see in the Book of Proverbs overflows out of this hard attitude, hard attitude of the fear of the Lord. If you want to cultivate the other characteristics in this book, you have to go through that door, and um, you, 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 from there have his spirit empowering you to do like in Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence or vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs 14.27, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life that one may turn from the snares of death. You see that the fear of the Lord is the life-giving fountain because it leads And it guides us away from the path that leads to destruction and death. So many places in Proverbs, there's a warning. Fear the Lord, receive and hear his instruction. Because the other way, it's a lie. The other way isn't better. Sin is pleasurable for a season. The other way seems better. It seems more logical. It seems right but it's a lie. It leads to destruction and death. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, number four, because it is the deciding factor in whether you're wise or, or a fool. What makes a person wise or foolish is ultimately dependent on how they respond to God's word. It's how you see God's word. Those who fear the Lord are the wise. And they're wise because they fear the Lord. They go together. You can't, you can't separate them. Uh, the ones that do verses 2 and 3 receive and, and, and seek after, after wisdom. Um, they're the ones who truly fear the Lord and will actually grow. The Spirit of God will take his word and grow you in the, in the fear of the Lord. As opposed to the way of the fool. Proverbs says the way of the fool is right in his own eyes. We're depraved, we're deceived. We need his word to open our eyes and show us who we are and who God is and to show us the way that we should go. And we can only learn that through God's revelation. So we won't go over them, but you can think about them this week. You see the implications. They should be on the next page, I believe. We must know that what you do with scripture is what you do with God. I want you to think about that for a minute. What you do with Scripture is what you do with God. In a few minutes, Pastor Farrell is going to come and he's going to preach. He's going to to lay out an exposition, I would presume, um, an entry, introduction to Romans chapter 6. Perhaps one of the most important chapters in the Scriptures. I guess you could say that about almost every chapter in the Scripture, but it's a powerful chapter, 6, 7, and 8. And... You should be asking yourself, as I hear that, what do I do with it? It's not just going to the altar. There's nothing wrong with going to the altar. You want to go to the altar and pray, there's nothing wrong with going to the altar. But the point isn't going to the altar. The point is, how does God want to change me because God has spoken to me and what I'm going to do with his word right now, now that I have that truth, is actually what I'm going to do with God. It actually means I'm either going to be wise or a fool it actually means fear of the lord is growing in me or i have no fear of the lord and that's the same really in sunday school or how about your devotion time when you when you open your book and you read when you, when you open the book what you do with what you read is what you do with god because those are his very words of life given to us and that's how we grow we get saved through his word the power of the gospel and we grow in faith the same way through the power of his word and that happens of course as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling as we take his word in we recognize his words have life in them and so we respond positively in obedience repentance Um, whatever the need is there so um, the fear of the lord will move to the uh, next section next week and um, until then go watch that video god bless you you are dismissed